You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. We haven't spoken about your article in the Business Day, David, your latest article. And the reason the reason I bring that up is because it's the anniversary of the birth of Charles Darwin, who, you know, introduced the theory of, of natural selection. And unfortunately, you know, the, the, it's the survival of the fittest and the weakest will fall by the wayside. And unfortunately, the JSC, I'm not talking about price movement. I'm talking about validity. I'm talking about yeah. its health. And it's a horrible thought but probably after we're we're dead and buried the JSC will eventually peter out and uh, companies will find another way I just get that it's a a Monday and we speak about it often but it's not too fanciful an idea no not at all I think we we survived on mining I think throughout the stock exchange history we survived on mining Uh, a lot of those miners are looking elsewhere for expansion a lot has to do with politics uh, the gold mines, you know, even though we we quote the gold price every day, the gold price has no significance in our lives at all anymore. I think we produce maybe 100 tons or maybe 200 tons maximum compared with 1,000 tons in our heyday. So, and also there's no, you know, uh, from an industrial point of view, we haven't expanded because there's been no money uh, reinvested in this economy. So uh, we, we've gone down from... The, in my article, I uh, looking back um, 30 years because that's when the first democratic uh, election took place. Yeah. We've gone from 600 companies to 200. I'm I'm guessing 200. There might be a few more that are lingering. You know, with uh, I don't know. They just they they've got a name on the board, but no one trades in there. But most of those companies of the 200 are under 10 billion, which uh, Iran, which is very very small, because it means there's no free float in those shares. There's no real activity, and nor does it pay anybody to look at those shares, you know, from an analytical point of view. So they might be very decent, smart little businesses, but you're not going to get investment analysts spending time understanding them and going around and then promoting them to institutions. Because even if they do do that, $10 billion, you know, uh, is, is not a lot. I mean, what, what can they do even if they like it? They might be able to purchase a few hundred million which is neither here nor there in their overall portfolio. So, as you say, it's um, it's, it's it's very difficult to get things off the ground here, or or to kind of um, rekindle our growth or interest in this place. So, what about corporate raiders, private equity people, etc.? They must be looking at the JSC and say, "Hello, we've yeah. got we've got a, there's a few companies yeah. here that are valid. We can take them off the exchange. We can yeah. break them up a little yeah. bit, make them more efficient, and then and parcel them mm-hmm. somewhere. There, it must be there must be some companies that, that would be targets for these foreign raiders." No, no, maybe not even foreign raiders, maybe even local raiders, maybe mm. even local uh, private equity businesses. Uh, I talked to a few youngsters here, and uh, they run some really, you know, really good businesses related to perhaps some of the growth areas in this country. You know, we're around uh, mobile phones and around communication. So there's, you know, there's sweet little, there's sweet spots for small businesses, but from a overall investment point of view i am not a big fund manager you know i run a small business i've got a few selected clients but even i cannot get involved in the local market what i'm trying to say with the with the, you know with, with the amount of money that i have under management 
um, I cannot spread some of those small caps. You know, I'll end up <laughs> with very, very small holdings in portfolios, which are going to mean, you know, uh, neither here, you know, won't make sense. It's just they neither here nor there. So I have to ignore that. You know, just and and as I say, I'm I'm very small relative to uh, you know, to some of the bigger. Uh, fund managers who've got five hundred billion or more, you know, far more than that. So it's it's hard, and and also there's no activity here. There's no driving force in the economy. There's no investment in the economy. We're not seeing our, uh, our industrial businesses growing. Yeah, Lindsay, when I looked at that uh, thirty years ago, yes, uh, admittedly we coming we were coming from a different era. You know, in the nineteen nineties, number one, communism had fallen in the late eighty uh, nine. So you were getting globalization. We got the introduction of the mobile, of mobile phones, the internet. Um, there was deregulation of the stock exchange. Um, Mandela was the president, so everybody wanted to come here. They wanted to shake his hand. They wanted to open businesses here. We were the gateway to Africa. So everything was in our favor. The other thing, Lindsay, and I know this was also the start in the late 90s to the uh, early 2000s of the commodity super cycle. Yeah, that's true. You know, this is when commodity prices went, went and, and, you know, we never took full advantage of it. So Talking, talking um, about commodities, I mean, mm. I, I spoke to a chap from London who, uh, who came over for the mining in Darba at the uh, Cape Town International Convention Centre. And I said, what's the mood there? And was it well attended? He said, yeah, it was, it's OK. It was not as buoyant as some years, and, but it was still well attended. And I said, there must have been varying performances from the very good to the very bad, instead of it all going in one direction, like one commodity index, because China's booming and the rest of the world is, is not in recession. It's, it's, uh, it's got good economic growth. And he said, yeah, you know, the most startling thing was the negativity towards platinum group metals. And we've spoken about this, yeah. you and I, yeah. and you and I, and Viv yeah. Govender. He said, it's, it's really, really bad. But as one of our friends that I won't mention will always say, <laughs> when people like you and I can only talk negatively about PGMs, that is when at its lowest point, the index, that is, or the, the company's share price. Yeah. It's, a nice, it's a nice theory. It, it is a nice area, but you've got, to, you've got to hang on for a long time to get the turnaround. And you've got to be very patient, you know, in order to stay in the market and, and to wait for that turnaround. You know, who knows when it comes two, three, four, five years. The problem, if I look at Anglo Platts, hmm. this has been in a decline for, I mean, the price at which we are trading now, I, you know, was lost five years ago. Four or five years ago. In other words, they, you know, if you bought the shares, put it in another way, if you bought the shares five years ago, you're back to the same level. You've done nothing. So, yes, throughout that cycle, it was a big gain, but we're back down again. It and went to, to that, in the last know, year, I think it went down to just over 600 rand per share. This is Anglo American yeah. Platinum. Then it went up to nearly 1,000, and now it's mm. back down at what? It must be 700 to 750 or something? Yeah, if, if, yeah thereabouts. Yes. Yeah, exactly there. So, yeah, my point is that that uh, you, we're going into an AI-driven world, you know, into a technologically-driven world where things are being done differently. Look, there'll always be a demand for metals because we build things and uh, we build houses, we build motor cars, and we build roads, we build bridges and that. But will 
platinums when when I started first started to to follow platinum one of the biggest drivers was the Japanese jewelry trade you know there was always a view that because of the Japanese color skin they preferred platinum say then to gold okay you know I don't know it was a big story I haven't heard that story for a long time then there were fuel cells and then it was the um, uh, catalytic converter you know which is the big driver of platinum the clean air and and uh, you know pure emissions or clean emissions, but uh, now we're going into the era of electric vehicles. So you've got to you've got to find out what will they use platinum for. Quite you know, right. is mm. it is it you know I I don't know, and no one's coming up with an answer. And as you say, people are getting very negative about uses of platinum, and and what it can be used for. So. I, I don't want to. I don't say that you can't get a turnaround, but you don't have to rush into it. You know, no. you can say, okay, I don't know. Just you as know, an aside, the, just mm. the, the, this mm. chap that was at the Indarva in Cape Town, he, he's, I said, what's what's a really bad metal though that was highlighted? He said lithium. He said that because yeah. the price yeah, went yeah, shooting no, up no, so no. much, <laughs> suddenly everyone went out went out with a pick and shovel and found a lithium mine. This is so oversupplied. <laughs> Whereas before you thought, well, tell me about it. I oh, know, isn't that amazing? Well, one of the big stories I was caught in that, and you know, believing that lithium was going to be in batteries together with cobalt and nickel and all of those. You know, we bought uh, we bought uh, into those kind of areas, believing that this is going to be the future, and it's been a disaster, an absolute disaster. The battery manufacturers are doing okay, you know, but but they the buyers of lithium, you know, the price goes down. It just makes the input costs a little cheaper and it gives them more room to experiment. But the actual metals has been uh, just been shocking. So, Lindsay, you're the one who always keeps, you know, you've got your chart, you know exactly what's happening. Mm. It's, be, it's been shocking. Now, the, the story that kind of shook me, and this came the night after Mr. Ramaphosa delivered his State of the Nation address, uh, was the next morning <laughs> we had Angler Platts coming out with warnings, Impala Platts coming out with warnings, Cecil, awful results. And Arsenal Mittal, which I say was in ICU, you know, uh, the steel producer was uh, threatening to close two of its plants in very old plants in Vereenigen and in uh, Newcastle. And uh, simply because there's no demand, high costs, and, you know, the government needs him. I mean, if, if they close, thousands of people are unemployed, and, you, you know, there's no chance that they'd ever be uh, reestablished or, or rebuilt. So... Why, why I bring it up, Lindsay, is that those four companies, you know, these are, these are large businesses or were large businesses which contributed to the fiscus here in a big way, especially the platinum miners. So something like, I think something like 30 billion worth of revenue has been lost because of the fall. I don't know if it was just Anglo-American platinum. I saw a tweet about it or if it was the, the PGM sector in general on the JSE, but an awful lot of money it's, it's is, is, has disappeared. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah, of it it's, it's the revenue. Yeah, it's a tax that they're going to collect on the profits that, that we need so badly. Now, that's gone. Now, you know, what's happened here is there's nothing to replace it because there's no other manufacturing. There's no other industries that are offsetting it. Coal prices have come down as well, which was a very big winner. So uh, when, you, when you look at where South Africa is, now, I, you know, I'm just doing the maths. 
if I look at uh, what what uh, President Ramaphosa said, I said, well, let's wait until Mr. the Minister of Finance delivers his budget because that's the cash book, Lindsay. Mm. And, you know, the cash book never lies. The cash book tells you what you've got in your bank, you know, what, what came in and what went out and what's left for you to spend. When is and the budget? Is it, is it in two weeks' time, isn't it, I think? Two weeks' time, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think the 22nd or 20, somewhere around there, 22nd, 23rd, somewhere. Mm. And, and that's going to be a sobering call because uh, – you know, that, that determines what you can put back into the economy, you know, what you can spend. And we have a massive social budget bill. You know, um, it's, I don't know how many people are being supported by uh, what is basically charity, but taxpayers' money. And that's, you know, that's not, you, you don't get anything for it. I mean, indirectly, they go out and spend at checkers or wherever they spend. Uh, but, um, you know, it's an indirect uh, um, benefit. But there's no investment. You know, it's not driving further growth or future growth. So uh, t- talking about Mr. Ramaphosa and his, um, and his ANC cohorts, the ruling party, did you see that IRR article I sent you about? And I think the headline was yes. US upset with SA's yes. dodgy yes. friends. Yes. I mean, yes. you were talking yes. about that weeks ago, but I just saw it in black yes. and white and I thought, this isn't good. I mean, don't shoot yourself no. in the foot at times like this, please. No, no. I think, I think there's, the response here has been, uh, this will never pass. I don't know what that means. Or, you know, in other words, there won't be anything that comes out of it. That's not the point. The point is that um, America doesn't like us. Full stop. You know, and and what you know, both this is a bipartisan bill, which is questioning their relationship with South Africa and questioning the relationship because of that because of our ties with Russia, because of our ties with uh, various other nations, with Hamas and so on, what, what it really means is in the same way, should they share security with us? You know, should they give us their latest chips? You know, those kind of things. Should I give their latest technology? Should they pass that on to us? You know, or are we regarded as like an enemy nation? I know we're saying, no, they'll never stop trading. Yes, they will stop trading. Of course they will. Yes. What have we got that they need? What have we got that they need at the moment? Okay. I don't think the American white metal jewelry industry is going to support our our platinum mines. Yeah. You know, it's important. When America turns their back on you and regards you as a pariah nation, it has consequences. You know, and, and we cry bully, you know, they're bullying us. They've got no right to do this. <laughs> they can do what they like, you know. They, they, it's America. <laughs> it's the most powerful nation in the world in, in every respect. And uh, we don't like them. And every year we tell them that we don't like them. We don't like the West. You know, when you get uh, most of the political parties here getting on, they thrash the West. They call each other comrades or whatever they call each other. You know, that's not American. So now, now you're complaining because they, they don't like you or they're telling you don't like, you know, like us. So you say, what did you expect? You know, <laughs> what, what, what are you, you know? And, and, and from my point of view, it, it can go further. It can go further to work permits. It can go further to uh, college, you know, um, signing up for the colleges because, I mean, they still have a very high education, certainly in the college area. And, uh, you know, we're going to complain. Nah, 
Well, then go to a Russian college, you know, or go to a Russian university, go to in a university in Iran, and instead of going to New York City or Las Vegas or whatever it is, go somewhere else, you know, find find somewhere in in Russia. I yeah. don't know. I don't think America's going to be losing too much sleep over South Africa in the, in no, the near future. No, no. Let's talk about something else now, because it's suddenly caught my eye this afternoon. You go on television quite regularly on, on uh, Business Day TV, and they've still got cameramen and camera women, haven't they? You've got a camera, and there's people behind the yeah. camera. That's correct. Yeah. I was watching the BBC this afternoon, and sometimes they pan out so you can see the whole studio, and none of the cameras have got people behind them. They're all remote. No. There's a little track that yes. they run on, and they, and, and they whiz yeah. around. And I thought, well, this is Governor's and, and Shapiro's AI in, wor in working yes. practice here. So, yeah. th therefore, less people are needed. And I saw another program about AI and how it's revolutionising the agricultural mm. business because of Brexit, the government. It, it's very difficult to import a lot of foreign uh, fruit pickers, for example, which was a, a, a nice job for two, three yeah. months for, for some people to get some money back to the family and wherever it was, Albania or Poland, I don't know. But there's, they've got these machines now that come along and there's a little arm that goes out and picks a strawberry beautifully and it knows whether yeah. it's ripe or yeah. not. And I yeah. thought, goodness yeah. me, there'll be a social revolution if AI yeah. takes too many jobs, David. Well, that's more robotics, but I mean, it's uh, it, it's very important, just as important, because as you mentioned, so much of the agriculture today is is run by you know. I mean, it's it's a, you, that's why they say non-farm payrolls. Yes. You know, in other words, because the farmers at various times during the year. Uh, have massive, you know, employ people to do exactly that roundabout harvesting. But today you've got electric vehicles that are doing, uh, that are driving the tractors. Everything today is uh, electronic. Not only that, you've got drones that that check the fences, and you know, you don't have to have cowboys on horses to go check the the <laughs> fences or to bring the cattle in and things like that. No, that Lindsay, there's massive opportunity within it. And this is not getting smaller in any way. You know, when you start to check the numbers that are coming out now, the amount of spend on that is, is just quite phenomenal. And the different uses, you know, the different ways that you can actually use AI in identifying things. I Listen, it's, it's you know, I try to read up as much as I can. It's far beyond my ability to understand it. You know, I'm talking about the maths and how it all works and, and the various things, but uh, it's 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 going to increase efficiency by you know by a massive amount. So uh, you have to gear your company up to do that. Yes, so, and anyway, you've got, and it's you've not got, going and to replace people on the field. No, it's not going to replace cricketers or footballers or. I was watching the uh, Super Bowl this morning. As so I was I. I saw the last 45 minutes or so, the fourth <laughs> quarter yeah, and, the, and the overtime. Yeah. I never really watched yeah. it before. It was actually quite exciting in the end. It was. Yeah, it was. They're very talented. I mean, they, you know, you want it to be speeded up, but I mean, they're very, very talented people and very physical. And I had no idea. I mean, the speed at which they move and the movements and that, yeah. It was interesting. It was. It's also interesting I think out, I could out, have of the, out of the states. Four hours, 
No, uh, it is a bit long. And hmm. but seven million dollars for a thirty-second ad, you know, it's an, it's an advertising industry's dream, for goodness' sake. One of those, God, the commission that they got for all that rubbish. And I saw an interview with a woman who said yeah, seven million for thirty seconds, but this thing has cost fifteen million to put together with the seven million, with the actors, with the scriptwriters, uh, with the production costs, and all that nonsense. Uh, talking about America, we've been going on uh, being nasty about. South Africa in a constructive way, I might add. But Trump on Friday, I shook my I head. Know. He said, he, first know. of all, he lied about, he said, I spoke to a, a man from a big country. He said he was the leader of a big country because he hasn't got any vocabulary. He doesn't know how to say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he said a big country. And he said that years ago when I, was, when I was president, I said to them, if you don't pay your money, we're not going to defend you should Russia invade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, <laughs> and the chap says, really, you won't, you won't help us. This is Trump's story. He says, no, I won't help you. In fact, I would encourage Russia to do whatever they can against you because you're not, uh, you're not topping up NATO, whereas the United States is. How can you say that rubbish? I know, I know. That, you know what? For some time, you just started saying, okay, we'll tolerate it. But the more he opens a mouth, the more you realize what a destructive force this man is. And I'm not sure that all the brain cells connect, you know, up top there. I don't know. I don't know what's up top there that allows this to happen and how people can actually allow him, you know, to, to carry on the way that he does. And no one in the Republican Party stands up against him. I mean, because this is, you know, for him to say what you just said, mm. I mean, it's just insane. It's, in, you know, he's instigating attacks. He's supporting Putin. Putin. Yes, exactly. Putin must be rubbing his hands together and thinking, please let, please let this idiot get elected. Please. <laughs> right. No, Europe must be in panic anyway. Uh, oh, I don't know. Let's talk about something that is always bringing us joy. <laughs> it infuriates us sometimes, but I have to talk about football. We've spoken about uh, NFL, American football, so-called, and that was a, a it was a good final. I mean, it's right right yeah. down to the wire. The last move in the Kansas City Chiefs beat the yeah. San Francisco 49ers. Very exciting stuff. But I, I was I was a little bit a little bit concerned about your team, Arsenal. They were irresistible, David. I mean, West Ham were woeful, but Arsenal were completely oh, terrible. They were beautiful. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was a surgical operation they did on West Ham. Yeah, no, I I haven't seen them play like that. But I have to say that I, I've always regarded uh, had high regard for West Ham. They've been a physical side. Mm. Uh, they try. They've uh, you know they've had fairly good season up to now. The last few matches haven't been good. They just didn't turn up. Mm. And when you say they were woeful, their whole, you know, their whole lineup was wrong. There was, I don't know where they were. They were all over the field, leaving huge gaps, which Arsenal's are not the kind of team that you can give them gaps. You know, I normally saw they crowded out, but this they just waltz through. I watch. I like to watch a match of the day. They have two matches yeah. of the day now. It's a Sunday, Saturday night and Sunday night. They go through all the games, and they've got two ex-footballers there with the presenter, and they go through it. And they've spent the whole day going through this, hours and hours of going through videos, etc., of what happened in the matches of the day. And they took West Ham apart. They said, "Look at this," and they put arrows on and say, know, "He should have I been know. here," and he's just standing there. It was. They were, they were, you could drive a bus through. That through that West Ham defence, there's so many big gaps. No. So and, it's and going to be. You know that. Anyway, I don't mind. You know, no. I can live with six 0 
Uh, I think the other team that worried me was Aston Villa, who also just not a shadow of where they were uh, in a few weeks ago. Precisely. I mean, they were lining up. Mm, they <laughs> also looked very tired. Just, I don't know. They, they haven't they, got the squad you see. To... They had 15 no, games in no, a row. Uh, or they no. won 15 games in a row at no. Villa Park, their home ground. And now suddenly they're yeah. wobbling. But we've got three teams now. It's going to be the closest... Yeah. league um, running yeah. for many, many years. You've got Arsenal, Liverpool and City, yeah. all of which are playing yeah. very, very well. I, I think they're more or less equal. I think after Sunday, Arsenal may have shaded I, it, but um, I think City, they're equal. City have got the bench. Yeah. City have got the bench. You know, there was a comment on, on the game on, on Saturday with uh, the com- one commentator said, Jack Grealish, who's sitting on the bench, was uh, worth more than the entire Everton team. Yes. You know, so, <laughs> you know, that said it all. He's sitting on the bench. And when you look at the bench, what they could do, you know, who they can bring on, the quality that they can bring on, you know, attacking and defence. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's very, very difficult to, to dislodge them. Yeah. And they when, played good. Yeah. They were a bit stodgy in the first Yes, off, they were. But you know, but they you know what they did? Pep said, huh? OK, Kevin De Bruyne, probably... Yeah, arguably yeah. the best player in Europe at the moment. Never yeah. mind Haaland, I think De Bruyne is better than any team I've seen in yeah. any country. And he comes on and they win 2-0. He just says, OK, off you go. Let's yeah. let's finish this yeah. thing. And they did. Yeah. I yeah. like that. All right, David. Well, next week, maybe the market will open or something and we can we can talk about <laughs> know, something, something, some news. I, I just see we are going up. We're shooting up now in the last half hour. That could that's, be with, that's nice. with something that's happening in the in the U.S., we were down in negative territory, but I see we've gone into positive territory. But I have to say that the value traded up to now, and this is 430, is no more than uh, $7 billion, which is which is pitiful, which is very, very low. So the resources, it seems that there's a bit of a run on some of the resource stocks taking over. But, I mean, over than that, there's, there's so little news. There's so little to keep us, uh, you know, just to – to occupy our minds from, from all aspects. Yeah. Mm, I agree. Okay, we'll make the best of it, David. Right. Thank you very much for your illuminating okay. chat, as always. David Shapiro is from Sasfin Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.